Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I'm Zach Hewitt sitting in for Rob Breckenridge today. It's 105. And I, um, I had a friend of mine who is a business owner. I'm a business owner. And so we have an awful lot of conversations about the state of business and whatever. And, and this election stuff, provincially and federally, is a conversation that, that lands with us. It's not typically a political conversation versus the state of the things. And I think that's important for us to, to be able to have that. And I was forwarded an email. And it was an email that uh, is from actionalberta.ca. And this was the... Um, this was astounding to me what was in this email. So what do you do when you're interested? Well, you sign up for it, which I did, which you can too, and we'll get you that information. Um, and I reached out to Bob, Bob Everock. Um, now, Bob is here in the studio to talk about this because we wanted to be able to share some of the things from, in particular, newsletter 13 that you guys have sent out, Bob, and we wanted to get into that. But first, let's talk a little bit about about you. You're not a, a, a politician. Um, you're just a guy who's worked around. You've been a, a, a lawyer professionally, and... Um, and you, you do an awful lot in and around business and, and you know, sort of around the government, but in, in business. So you've seen a lot of things and learned a lot of things. And, and with some friends, you guys came to a conclusion that you wanted to make a difference. So how does this, how does this get started for you? Well, thanks, Zach. Um, this all sort of arose back in April of last year. I was sitting in my basement watching a hockey game. <clears throat> and a friend of mine sent me an email. Uh, it was an open letter to David Turpin, the president of the University of Alberta announcing that or opposing the awarding of a a special honorary degree to David Suzuki. Now, there's a group of four of us that we talk politics all the time, and we're all U of A grads. Mm -hmm. I graduated there in 1970 in law. Two of the other fellows are lawyers, and one's an engineer. And I was so incensed that the fact that David Suzuki would be getting an honorary degree when I just heard him read in the paper that he'd been speaking to a teacher's convention in Calgary, Edmonton, and his whole gist of his discussion was shut down the oil sands, shut down the energy business. And so I decided within about two minutes, I would write my own email to David Turpin, the president of the University of Alberta. So I sent that off and I copied, sort of cobbled together a list of about 200 people. I open copied them. And within 10 minutes, emails were flying back and forth, and emails were going to David Turpin opposing this. And it just sort of grew from there. Uh, I then started sort of doing this with a group of guys, um, a newsletter. And I would send one out every two or three or four days about the David Suzuki matter. And that happened up until June the 7th, when he actually got his honorary degree. And along the way, we worked with Canada Action, and we raised some money. We did some advertising against David Suzuki getting the award. Canada Action had a petition on their site. They, they raised 29,400 signatures opposing it. Mm. But they went ahead. The University of Alberta did in any event. And I know there's a lot of people very angry with the university and a lot of donations that have been cut back because of this. But along the way, um, I, I was introduced or I met a lady, Vivian Krauss, out of Vancouver, And Vivian has done some excellent work on researching the foreign funding of these various environmental groups, including the David Suzuki Foundation. 
So we got looking into it even further, and over the course of the summer, that became part of the gist of the the, new, the emails that we would send out, and it's sort of grown. And it, back in the summer, there were basically four key people that we were looking at that, um, if you will, were or are key advisors uh, to the government of Canada. And the reason why this is significant is that back about ten years ago, the um, a group called Corporate Ethics, Michael Marks, uh, was funded by the Rockefeller Brothers Fund and uh, the Hewlett Fund in the United States. And they designed a program called the Tar Sands Campaign. The Tar Sands Campaign, right on its face of it, said that the idea of it was to landlock Alberta oil to deny it access to Tidewater so that it could not get full price. Mm-hmm. In, in the brochure on that, there were um, sponsorships or support from groups such as Greenpeace, of course, Sierra Club, World Wildlife Fund, uh, Forest Ethics, and the Pembina Institute. So I'm just going to recap that. So Pembina, World Wildlife Fund, all of these others supported the Tar Sands campaign coming out of the States to landlock Alberta. Exactly. Okay. So what then happened over the next, uh, this going on for about the last 10 years, there's been... It, it appears from Vivian's work, there's probably been $200 million has been what I'll call laundered through a, comp- or a, a foundation in San Francisco, Tides Foundation. So these various uh, big foundations, the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, uh, the Hewlett F- Foundation, the Packard Foundation, the Moore Foundation, would make directed gifts to the Tides Foundation in San Francisco and right, I've seen letters of them. I've seen dozens of these letters saying this is a directed gift from such and such a foundation to Tides Foundation to, to go to Tides Canada in Vancouver to then be used for this and this and this type of activity. And these type of activities are all, if you piece them all together, are all aimed at stopping or preventing Alberta oil from getting to market, stopping pipelines, stopping expansion of oil sands, and so on. And so... When you look at it, the money then was coming from Tides Foundation in San Francisco to Tides Canada and then being divvied out to groups such as the Pemmet Institute, the Sierra Club Canada, Suzuki Foundation, and the World Wildlife Fund Canada, among others. There's lots of them, of these groups. And the significance of this is if you now look at the federal government, for example, the, the principal secretary to Prime Minister Trudeau, although he just resigned last week, Gerald Butts. Mm-hmm. He was president of the World Wildlife Fund Canada from two, about 2008 to 2012, I believe it was, mm-hmm. when he left to go and run Trudeau's campaign to become the leader. So he was, he was uh, president and CEO of World Wildlife Fund Canada. At the time when the, this Money campaign coming, started. The campaign started coming out of the States to landlock Alberta. And then this is the guy that's been advising and, frankly, uh, I'm assuming, writing speeches. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Okay. Go down the list. Catherine McKenna, the Minister of uh, Environment and Climate Change. Her chief of staff is Marlo Reynolds, who had been a senior executive at the Pemmet Institute. Go down the list. Um, the Minister of Resources, today it's Amarjeet Sohi. Mm-hmm. His, his chief of staff is Zoe Curran, former Wild, Wild, Wildlife Fund Canada, Sierra Club Canada. I'm going to read on, I'm going to read that whole list. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Zoe Karen, chief of staff for Amarjeet Sohi, who's from Edmonton. 
And he's the guy that stood up and said, here's the, the billion and a half bucks for loans for business and stood there and said, he came in here and did all his talking points and sat in that exact same chair that you sat in and did his talking points. Now his chief of staff is uh, work history, senior policy advisor, clean energy, Canada, former specialist, world wildlife federation, environmental consultant, climate change, partnerships and engagement, government of Nova Scotia, uh, project coordinator, Sierra club of Canada, a project manager, Harrop Proctor, watershed protection society, editor, energy, uh, energy action coalition, founding member of the Canadian youth climate coalition and co-author with Elizabeth may of global warming for dummies. The same Elizabeth may from the green party. Exactly. And that's his chief, Amarjeet Sohi from Edmonton's chief of staff. That's the work experience um, of that person. Do I understand that correctly? That's right. And, so, and she was the chief of staff uh, for Jim Carr, who was the resources minister before Sohi. Okay, so we're going to take a break and we're going to come back. We're going to continue this conversation. The point that I'm intending with this conversation with Bobby Varak is to look at the pipeline and the fact that they bought it, the pipeline, that the fact that it's being sat on and what is really happening. Who is around this guy? All of this little tap dance. Sometimes you have to look at who you surround yourself with. And a very, very good quote is, if you surround yourself with people who agree with you all the time, you're never going to learn anything new. Ever. We're going to come back with more of this. It's mind-blowing to me. I'm Zach Hewitt and for Rob Breckenridge, 770 CHQR. 770 CHQR, I'm Zach Hewitt in for Rob Breckenridge. Good afternoon, it's 117. Bob Ivarok is, um, is sitting here with me in studio. Bob is a part of Action Alberta, and they do a newsletter that is absolutely uh, remarkable, speaking to what is happening in our country, what is going on. And um, Bob, can you give out the website so just so everyone could go sign it's just, up? Yeah, actionalberta.ca. Very simple. Um, you can go sign up there and um, get this newsletter. There's a new one that just came out last night. Um, in my preparedness for today, I didn't read it. I didn't want to because I was like, ooh, I'm excited to read this later. <laughs> I get all excited. So we were talking about the the people that our government has surrounded themselves with. I think it matters to hear, and in case you just missed it, quick recap, what the newsletter from Action Alberta shares is that in the office of the Prime Minister, uh, formal Principal Secretary Gerald Butts, who I call Gerard Butts all the time, that's just a me thing. I can't seem to figure out his name, so I'll apologize now. Um, he used to be the president and CEO of the World Wildlife Fund Canada back when the Tar Sands campaign uh, out of the States directed funds up to uh, exactly these organizations in Canada. And before you, I get a text message about Tar Sands, um, that was actually what it was called. Um, but it really was. And in fact, I, I lived in Fort McMurray when the sign said, welcome to the tar sands. So, I mean, it was a thing. We've just changed it because it's a little bit softer. So, Bob, we talked about Amarjeet Sohi, uh, Minister of Natural Resources. His uh, chief of staff has a, long list of, um, has a long list of Clean Energy Canada, World Wildlife Federation, on and on and on, including co-writing a book, Global Warming for Dummies, with Elizabeth May, Green Party leader. That to me is remarkable, but it certainly speaks volumes. So who else is on this list that's really notable? Uh, Sarah Goodman is in the Prime Minister's office as Deputy uh, Director of Cabinet and Legislative Affairs. She had been with uh, Tides Canada as a VP from 2009 to 12 and a Senior VP from 2012 to 14. Uh, Marlo Reynolds, Chief of Staff of Catherine McKenna, was formerly with a Senior Executive with the Pembin Institute. 
you can go down the list here. Let me just summarize it. There, the analysis in the email is 22 federal ministries. And in those 22 ministries, the people that pop up with an environmental-type background, there's 40 staff. Hmm. Now, you got to wonder how, how it is that a pipeline could ever get approved going through this rigmarole with these various people in there. And, and it helps to explain to my mind why the federal policies have been so negative towards pipeline and the energy sector in general. And there seems to be a rush to pass bills C-69 and C-48. C-69 will get rid of the National Energy Board and C-48, or get rid of the National Energy Board and replace it basically with a more mm. political driven body. Yep. And C-48 gets rid of the tanker, is the tanker ban on BC. No more boats. Which is funny because Minister of Fisheries, Oceans and Coast Guard, funny. That's a terrible word. Why well, don't say that? Uh, which is ironic. Um, Minister of Fisheries, Oceans, and Canadian Coast Guard, Minister Jonathan Wilkinson, um, Foresight Clean Tech Accelerator Center, Biotech, Environmental Technologies, Nextera Systems Plus, Questair Technologies, all uh, enviro-based organizations in some fashion. And so it's funny when you see, don't say that. Uh, it's ironic. I'm trying to hold myself really accountable to this because we've got to get it right. Uh, it is ironic that when you're looking at those bills, these are the people that are influencing those bills. Yeah, I don't see a lot of oil and gas people here. No. For example. Yeah. And, and can I expand this a little bit? You, you mentioned my email from last night. Mm -hmm. I think it's number 15. And what it was last night was about the Alberta government. Yeah, because there was a new appointment. And I just, I, I just got into it briefly. The Alberta Energy Regulator basically regulates oil and gas in Alberta. And it was just announced on f March the 5th, what's that, two days ago, three days ago, uh, by Sheila O'Brien, the chair, that Ed Whittingham has been appointed as a director on the AER board. He, he has been a senior, the senior guy at the Pemberton Institute for the last eight or ten years. That's right here in Alberta. That's provincial politics. That's right. This is the Alberta government now. Right, okay. And, and the second one announced in that same announcement was Linda Cody, she was with, early on, the World Wildlife Fund Canada. So you can see, basically, they're stacking the deck, both federally and provincially, against the oil and gas business. Mm. And these are, these are bodies, the Pemmet Institute, World Wildlife Fund Canada, that were, I wouldn't say co-sponsors, but were supporters of the tar sands campaign that started in 2008. Out of the States. And there's been probably $200 million funded up through these various foreign funding entities into Tide's foundation and then onto tides canada and then and so i call it a laundering operation because when the money's divvied out by tides canada in vancouver it looks like it's coming from a canadian source mm. but there seems to be no government regulations to stop this from happening not if it benefits them exactly why would you do that that's crazy talk bob um you know, really great text message here. Pipeline was bought to restrict Alberta government's ability to regulate flow, not for uh, completion of the pipeline. Provincial government can't control flow through a federally owned pipeline. Now, I don't know if that is legally the case, but uh, it is a good point in that um, there's an awful lot of people that have said that they, the government bought the pipeline, and this is tinfoil hat stuff, this part, so um, that bite the pipeline to sit on it. It was a cheap purchase because it was 500 bucks ahead of Canadian taxpayer dollars to sit on it, and it's a lot cheaper than having to deal with it if it goes into the private sector. Right. So it's a lot cheaper to spend the $4.5 billion and sit as opposed to just have to deal with it, get it through, deal cost of everything. Could, could I just raise a point on the Trans Mountain Pipeline? Mm -hmm. uh, when the, when the uh, permit was granted, uh, the city of Vancouver, city of Burnaby, and numerous First Nations groups 
uh, filed an appeal against it. They won it at trial, I believe, and then they won it at the Court of Appeal. And the, the Prime Minister and the federal government did not appeal that decision to the Supreme Court of Canada, right. which, to my mind, they should have done. Yeah. But some of the research that Vivian Krauss has done shows that the funding for the groups, a bunch of the groups that were on that appeal, and there's about 20 of them, came from U.S. foundations. No. There was a lot of conversation about the lack of appeal. Uh, there's also been a lot of statements from the Prime Minister about an awful lot of reflecting going on. If we were uh, back in college, the amount of shots we would do if we were doing a drinking game around every time that our Prime Minister says that he's reflecting about something, um, you know, this would be Friday afternoon happy hour right now. Because that's, that's the truth. Exactly. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing to think. So what stands out for you? Now, Bob, you're a lawyer. So, you, you know, you, you, this language, this is the world that you revolved in for your whole career. So what stands out for you as the number one biggest thing? I guess to me, it's, it's the deep embeddedness in, in the federal government, particularly, and now also in the Notley provincial government, in the, bureaucratic, in the bureaucracy. In other words, it appears not to be just one level down, like chief of staff, but it's layers of staff down below. So if there's going to be a change of government, government can't just come in and change the minister, which is the elected official. They have to go in and clean house right down the way and get rid of these people that have been so negative to, to basically to business in Canada, in my view, and particularly the oil and gas business. I'm going to read off to some of the titles, okay? Um, that... Ministry of Infrastructure and Communities, Minister of International Development, Minister of uh, International Trade Diversification, Minister of Public Safety, uh, Ministry of Public Services, Procurement, Accessibility, Science and Sport, Seniors, um, Small Business and Export Promotion. I mean, that's United Nations Climate Change Conference stuff. Um, Minister of Transport. Um, uh, even in with uh, Jane Philpott and inside the Treasury Board, and she quit. So what is that? I mean, that's me making a lot of assumptions, but holy moly. Exactly. Um, Veteran Affairs, Ministry of Women and Gender Equality. Now, inside this newsletter that you guys send out with Action Alberta, you do include some listener comments. You get an awful lot of comments that are sent back to you. I get probably 50 emails a day on these. And I, the ones that are good ones, I tend to cut out and I, put, I save them and then they go into a reader section. So I normally will put Oh, five to eight reader comments in each newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, you should have a, a, a flash news announcement that the SNC-Lavalin group has bought the Kinder Morgan pipeline, and you can be sure that it would be on construction right away. Although I have seen a cartoon which says, Trudeau apologizes, work cannot start till Wednesday. <laughs> Just to be clear, SNC did not pick up the pipeline. <laughs> That's a joke, just so everyone understands uh, where the context is. Um, and as an Albertan, the fact that we have the oil sands here, if you flipped it around, and if the oil sands were in northern Quebec, there would be pipelines going everywhere, everywhere. in those oil sands. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, when we look at the, the, the friendship that's been asserted in many cartoons uh, about Notley and, and Trudeau and how close they are in friendship, um, I didn't ever believe them. This newsletter had made me say... Uh, the connection between all of this plus the recent appointments with the Alberta energy regulators 
it becomes, these are just facts. These are jobs and work history. You'll notice that Bob and I have not spoken about political affiliation at all. This is just the government, the appointments, the jobs. That's it. Because what we wanted to create for you today was an opportunity for you to decide for yourself. Uh, thanks so much for coming in, Bob. I really do appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Thank you. B- Bob Everock, I would uh, I, I would suggest that if you agree or disagree, take a little look at the, the newsletter, actionalberta.ca. Decide for yourself. One of the things in this uh, makes me so mad. One of the things that inside this, all of this stuff for the election that I've really hoped for, provincially and federally, was just an answer. Spoke about this earlier with Trudeau. Just won't answer. I want, I want an answer. I just want to know what you're going to do to improve what this is like uh, in Canada. I love Canada. I did not have to walk five miles today to get clean water. I think that's a great place to be. So there's a lot of gratitude when I speak of this place that we live in, but I am also sick of working for free. I really am. That's enough for me. I want to be able to live in a place where we all get to have a say, where the votes count, and where the people, when they answer questions, they don't just blow more smoke. That's enough. ActionAlberta.ca. Check out the newsletter. You get to decide for yourself. 403-974-8255-974-TALK. I'm Zach Hewitt in for Rob Breckenridge, 770-CHQR. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.